0: the Only in Miami show. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, and a whole lot more. We're on TuneIn Radio now. Check it out, onlyinmiamishow.com. Joe, thank you so much for coming into the studio this evening.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Looking forward to a nice conversation. Well,
0: let's start out with the topic of the hour, which is Walmart. I mentioned it earlier in the hour that there's another Walmart fight brewing and it's in fact a, a pretty full blown fight at this moment well it's it's and it's in your district
1: it's in my district and they're still working out the the issues uh it's an environmental issue you know the, there's very little rockland uh, uh rock pine land left in Florida and one of those areas is uh the lots near the Miami Metro Zoo and uh you know that's a debate that's going on and it's still before the uh before the appropriate authorities, so we we don't want to take a stand yet until we, we let the environmental groups uh, work that out, uh, the 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 state and uh, federal authorities that are going through it. But uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of people that uh, that have uh, called us about this, and you know, uh, um, I've talked to a few of the the agencies involved, and we're just making sure we got all our facts straight. But uh, but there there's a there's a, a local guy down there who I grew up watching on TV, uh, Al Sunshine. Oh who, yeah. Who uh, Al is uh, now retired uh, from TV, but he's uh, leading the fight there, and uh, he's been a friend for many years. So we have been staying in touch with him, as well as other players in this, because we want to get a good idea of what's going on down there before we make a we make a statement. But you know, it's it's important that people realize that they do have a voice. It's it's why you've got to vote, right? That's why. That's this why it's important to so vote. Important. Absol- Very Listen, important. Elections fact- have consequences. They absolutely and do.
0: And I like what Juan Cuba wrote and we published on our blog, which is that democracy belongs to those who show up. Uh, it really does. People get discouraged. They think that their vote doesn't count and nothing could be further from the truth. Every single one of those votes is precious. Okay,
1: if you think about it, if you think about what the election of, of, uh, of Rick Scott did to Florida. Oh, right? wow. I, I try uh, not to. $1.3 billion cut from education. Um uh, Uh, A lot of that came from our school system here in South Florida. You think about um, uh, turning away uh, uh, billions of dollars in a train that we were going to get in the state. I
0: I was just reading about the Department of Environmental Protection, how he's proud that they shrunk the amount of time that the state uses to review these very
1: complicated environmental permits from 44 days to two. Yeah, of course, because what what do you think they're the, doing? <laughs> what they're doing is approving it uh, defi- and and we're seeing what not having a, a serious environmental policy can do to a country. Uh, we're seeing the impacts. I mean, again, we just closed another record hot month for the United States. Record temperatures this month. That's two in a row. It's happening. People are feeling it. Look, I, I represent uh, not only do I represent all of South Dade, right? Westchester, Kendall, um uh, the Lakes of the Meadows area, the the Richmond Heights, Gould, uh, parts of Goulds, Naranja. Florida uh, City. Florida City, Homestead, and then all the way to Key West. Yeah, all uh, the way.
0: Every single Florida but people Key. People f- feel it in the
1: Keys, and they, they're they seeing it change. They're seeing their their environment change. The water temperature's in the Keys, highest on record right now. And so it's, it's very important for people to understand uh, that elections do have consequence. Look, let's go back to what we were talking about, Rick Scott, right? So Medicaid.
0: Yeah, he declined Medicaid. He said that we could not afford the fifty-one billion dollars. Free dollars. That that's our money.
1: That's our money that went to the Socialist Republic of New York. That went to the People's Republic of California. Well, how about Kentucky? Kentucky is what they call a red state, but they accepted the money. They accepted the money, and uh, and so what? What that means? But understand what that means. That's fifty-one billion dollars of our money. That's minimum. 60,000 jobs in healthcare. Lost. That is 50% of the people on Medicaid, you know what they are? Kids. Kids that would have gotten first class, first grade A healthcare for free. They turn that away.
0: Well, speaking of people that are losing their healthcare and Walmart... Walmart is cutting health care for a lot of their associates right now. Well, they that, just announced it, that they're dropping
1: it. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was it was great. I was in a debate with my opponent. He said, "And Joe Garcia, because he supported the 30-hour work week, Walmart just uh, just got rid of health care for 30,000 people." No, Walmart just screwed 30,000 people because they wanted to. Because they wanted to. This Well, because is also, they can. Because they can, because people like my opponent and others believe that that's okay. Believe well, that it's abusing people. Listen, here's what we know. One out of two people that signed up for health care live in South Florida. That's a fact. One we out think. of two o- ACA
0: signups were in South, South Florida. Florida.
1: Right? Why? Because it's also the highest place where people... Don't have healthcare, and where this is making a difference, the, you know these guys. Uh, the, well, listen, the-
0: I, Walmart has trouble affording this, and I can tell you why. They've got rooms full of lobbyists and very expensive attorneys. It's expensive to hire Manny Diaz to claim that four plus one equals three, especially when it doesn't work out like it did today. Well, it,
1: it's tremendously expensive when you you don't uh, take care of business and. You know the the truth is some of their competitors do have full health care. Some of their competitors, quite do a make few a of difference. them, Publix does. Yeah, and and that Costco. makes a difference in of people's lives. Yeah, exactly. And and the idea that uh, you would walk away from your health care workers and you blame that on Obamacare, you're going to blame. Think about this: thirty percent of the workers that work for Walmart are on food stamps. Think about this.
0: Well, that's a, dr- a giant public subsidy, and it's a transfer of wealth directly from. The poor, uh, to, to the richest Americans in the country, I mean, 55 percent of Walmart is owned by six family members. So that means when we hand over four billion dollars a year, which is what I've heard estimated as the, our our tab, we're giving the Waltons two billion dollars a year. These are people that are all on the Forbes 400.
1: Elections have consequences. Think about this. Uh, you know, the Koch brothers are opposed to minimum wage. So is my opponent. We know um, economic models say that to be able to keep a roof over your head in Dade County and live at poverty takes twelve dollars and forty cents an hour. That's what all twelve
0: forty is is the minimum living wage
1: in Miami Dade right. County. And all we're asking for is ten ten. My my opponent and the Koch brothers say they don't believe in minimum wage. Now, well, you, now know, well, you know I want you to just let me give a quick factoid. Right, the majority of people who are on minimum wage are women. And the majority of those women are heads of household. I, I was the other day at a at an IHOP, right? And so I'm there. It's must have been two in the afternoon, right? I mean, it's slow, right? There's a the
0: short order cook. I don't know if I would order at that moment. Yeah, from but, that we, we,
1: I was just having coffee, so I was a bad. <laughs> okay, painter. you're safe there. You're safe yeah. there. So I'm having a coffee. It's her and the guy working the the short order cook, and I said to her, "Man, this has got to be tough." to make ends meet when this place is empty like this. And she says, well, I make up for it in hours. And so I'm thinking, oh, well, yeah, what are your hours? She says, well, I come in at 9 in the morning because I, I help get my uh, my granddaughter to school, and then I, I go home at 10 o'clock at night. And I, you know, I heard... You definitely a, make a, a
0: lot of hours up there. That's
1: 13 hours a day. And I said to her, well, I guess I guess that's good because then you only work four days a week, right? And she says, no, no, I work six... Days a week to be able to keep a, a roof over my head. This is what my job is: six days a week, these kind of hours. And you, you, you hear this, and you're, you know, what? How can how can she help? How can she have a life? Uh, and and you know that isn't what the American dream is: the idea that we work our people uh, to the nub. But the idea is that if you work forty hours a week, you should be able to make a decent living. Uh, I look at my brother. My brother's a school teacher. He's married to a school teacher. My brother is the salt of the the nicest guy on earth. So I'm, my brother has two part-time jobs to be able to keep in teaching. He does a preschool job where he goes to receive the kids. He gets paid extra to be there. Then he's got an after-school daycare job that he does for the YMCA at the school to be able to help pay and keep a roof over his head. Listen, at the end of World War II, men came home and became teachers, and they could keep a family on that salary. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, that was, that was back in the, the era of the one-earner household. Correct. And, and that era is long gone, actually. Um, I wanted to ask you about this, because this is really something that we touched upon a couple of times. But Walmart has teams of expensive lobbyists doing Lord only knows what. I mean, seriously, I just, I just finished three years' worth of fighting Walmart, and the central issue was four plus one equals three. Your opponent's job, his source of income, is being a lobbyist. How how can we as people vote for someone whose job is to impl- influence these outcomes on behalf of big corporations? Well, well even and how worse. does just <laughs> let, How it, can we do that?
1: Well, what's even worse is that he doesn't tell you where his money comes from. I, I got no problems with someone being a lobbyist and everybody's got to make a living. But here's my point. Tell me where it comes from. Tell me at least who you represent. You know, he, he calls himself a small businessman. Uh, you know, he- I mean, uh, well,
0: he's he's married to a small businesswoman.
1: That's exactly right. So he says, I, I sign checks all the time. I said, whose checks? Your wife's checks, because <laughs> it's not your business. And then he uses that as a loophole not to declare who his clients are. So the clients that we know he has, we know he, he represents a, um, um, a foreign uh, Malaysian gambling concern, Genting. We know he represents uh, two Ecuadorian bankers, which I know too. Uh, we know he represents, let's see, who's the third he represents um can i, can't, I, I can't, oh he represents the uh, some politicians but then he he won't tell us who his clients are i mean and so we've got to guess we're we're always and he says oh i'll be i'll disclose as long as you tell me you have a direct question Well, the direct question is who are your clients he said on the putney show on that august was yesterday. 17th oh, okay no, that he was give give his client list Yet i was on the putney show yesterday with him and he said no i'm not going to give my clients a, unfair to ask that of me. Why is it unfair for you to tell us who you represent? Who it is that pays your check? I got no problem with it. I, I don't mind that he represents Walmart or Shell Oil or Standard. Listen, I I get I get donations from Walmart. Walmart's on my list of donors, right? Okay. They, just like everybody else. They're on my list of donors. But I got 6,000 different donors. My median donation is $100. Now, the so difference, that means
0: that half of your donations are less than $100.
1: That means that half of that list, yeah. And what it also means is that while I take money, I take money from South Florida, I take money from Washington. The majority of my donors are in South Florida. But more importantly, what that means is that I'm running against a guy who's got one donor alone that's given over $3 million, the Koch brothers. Now, these are guys that deny a minimum wage. These guys are guys that deny global warming. These guys are guys that deny uh, uh, comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, it two guys giving this kind of money, it's just unacceptable. It's wrong, and it's why the system's broken. Look, any other race, this would have been done a long time ago. The Koch brothers have been spending money against me for a year, for a year. If you'd get on your computer and you lived in my district, oh yeah, they, if you, you just get you know on YouTube, you, you on? see them.
0: They're they're on YouTube. The they're time. on television. They're no, everywhere.
1: They've got a group that they a group <clears> called <throat> Libertad which is a Hispanic group that they've funded in my race to the tune of $2 million, who attacks me for not doing enough on immigration reform, then they've got another Tea Party group <clears throat> that yeah. attacks me for being for immigration reform, both being paid. and this group, and
0: that's, that's really awesome. When you can get attacked for both sides of the issue by opponents, well, when you can what get is your position on immigration look, reform? I, I, Let's get that out there because you've got one a, minute.
1: There is not a city Mm-mm. in America that would be benefited more from comprehensive immigration reform. Why? Because we not only need it in homestead where we've got agriculture workers, we not only need it in our healthcare facilities where people take care of our parents or take care of our kids at daycare at centers. The guy driving next to us in a Mercedes that bought a business here is also undocumented. And so what we need to do is make sure that we we do what we've always done, make sure that we they, they get to the back of the line, they pay their back taxes, they pay their fair share. You know what happens if we get comprehensive immigration reform? What happens? We get $200 billion new new revenue dollars into the economy over the first 10 years. We got a, a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars over 20 years. This is good, and it's particularly good for South Florida. Here's what we know. When Ronald Reagan did comprehensive immigration reform, you know what happened? What happened? Middle-class salaries went up. Working-class salaries went up. Right now, we're competing against people who aren't here documented. Why? They'll do it for anything. And so it drives our salaries down. When you move people up, you know what? Salaries move up. And that's a great point. And hold that thought. We're going to be right back.
0: We're going to talk about the Venezuela situation, and we're going to bring Fernando in here. This is the Only in Miami show. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. That's www.onlyinmiamishow.com. Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud and a whole lot more. We are live with Congressman Joe Garcia. Congressman Garcia represents Florida's 26th District and he's here in studio with us. Thanks for joining us tonight
1: pleasure. It's a pleasure being here, and it's a pleasure representing the southernmost district of the United States of America. So uh, uh, thank you for inviting me.
0: It's great to have you in here. Now,
1: we were talking
0: about immigration reform, and this is a huge issue, especially in South Florida, Absolutely. which is a gateway city. We are the gateway to the Americas and to the Caribbean, and there are a lot of undocumented people here, people who are here on tourist visas, and we call it tourist working. Correct. <laughs> where they maybe come in and out, How is it that we can fairly adjust the system to include these people above the table and get them to pay their taxes? I mean, I I think we do
1: it the way America's always done it, right? Look, you know, sometimes countries have a complex about what they're best at. If there's something that America does better than any other nation on the face of the earth is make Americans. You come here, and after a generation, yeah, you've got one day a week where you wear silly clothes and you drink too much liquor and you talk about your homeland. But the truth is, after a generation— you're American. You're proud of it. You defend it. You fight for it. There's no country where more immigrants uh, have have contributed blood to keeping this country. In fact, you know, Lafayette Square, the, the main park in front of the White House. Well, he's French. He's French. And all the other generals in that park, with the exception of uh, Andrew Jackson's statue in the middle of the park, are all foreigners who fought for America and and that's the whole point we we give them a pathway give them rules make sure those rules apply to everyone and we move forward as a country look you look at uh, Europeans they're not particularly good at doing immigration you know you go to you go to paris you go to the out, outside of paris Montmartre, the the suburb that, that, for all intents and purposes, of, is, an, is a Muslim village. Why? Well, yeah, they, they not refuse allowed...
0: to integrate. They absolutely and refuse the to integrate. And the French don't
1: integrate them. That's well, and, part and, of the And that's problem. why
0: there's been the car fires and the exactly. riots. And, exactly. And that's how many European countries have tried to handle immigration, because it's it's new for them.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. But for us, we've been doing it We've been doing it right for uh, over 400 years, right? Even before it was in America, we were taking immigrants, and we make them Americans. We make them better— they come to us with their hope their dreams they shed all the bad they they give us all the good and, and America keeps evolving becoming well, a better faster stronger right now the system heavily
0: favors those who have money I mean but even we're, then, we're, we're right, about but, to talk we're about to talk about the Skyrise project which is going to be built exclusively exclusively with e, e5 b5 yeah EB5s they're almost all from China and they're basically buying their tickets into this country now last I checked, the statue of liberty. Uh, the Ch- statue of liberty still says, "Give me your poor, your tired, tired, your huddled masses." But these are not your huddled Grant, masses. Why, but
1: why not both? Why not both? I mean, it, let me give you a fact. For I, I don't know how old you are, but for someone my age to be able to retire in the next fifteen years, we not only have to find a pathway forward for the eleven million that are here, but we've got to find a proper pathway for another seven million through legal immigration because it's the only way you keep the Social Security strong enough, Medicare, Medicaid strong enough as you have more workers paying into a growing and expanding economy. Grant there has never been a country in the history of the world that didn't ha- that was successful it didn't have immigration. It's a necessary component in moving your culture, your workforce, your ability to, to, to move the country
0: forward. Well speaking of retirement, your opponent has made some really spurious claims that we've been seeing in an advertisement, and it's it's not like no he likes Ponzi scheme. It's not he an edited it way. Yeah. advertisement. Right. It's like here's here's what yeah. he said. Here's just a thirty second clip. It's not like uh, well, if we cut you know every other word out, we'll yeah. find some sort of statement well, like here. the
1: ads like the ads he's run against me right where they take me out of context. They cut it. You know, it's funny. Somebody said, "Why are these ads so negative?" Well. My, my ads aren't negative. My ads are his words, right? It's
0: his own words. And he, own uh, word. and your your opponent says that Social Security is a Ponzi scheme, right? and he intends to fix it so that you get about 10 or 12 years worth of benefits, and good luck the and rest then, of your and life.
1: And then we, we go the, the route of the Eskimos. We put you on a, on a nearby iceberg, and we push you off into the ocean uh, when you hit 77. It's, of course, absurd. The idea that-, that Well, actually, that it's absurd because, because the iceberg's going to melt, and then that's it. So maybe world, that is the plan. That is the plan. You stop- uh, you know, I think about uh, myself, right? Grant, I started paying in when I was 14 years old because I've been working since I was 14, and that's how you make a difference uh, um, to your family, to your friends. Uh, you know, before Medicare and Social Security were put in place, before Medicare in particular, 50% of our elderly li- had no health care, and 30% lived in abject poverty. This is the s- these two programs, Medicare and Social Security, are the single most successful social programs in the history of this country. It took our elderly and gave them significance, treated them with respect, that's what he wants to cut, that's unacceptable, that's un-American. And we don't go back, we go forward.
0: Okay, I'd like to welcome to the studio Fernando uh, Fernando Nunez-Noda. Hello. And Fernando, tell our audience a little bit about your, your, uh, just a little bit about your web service and your reporting on Venezuela.
2: Okay, thank you very much for the invitation. Yes, I'm a, a journalist from Venezuela, living here in Miami. Uh, I've been uh, following um, for, for all these uh, last years the situation in Venezuela, which is very serious. Uh, it's a reduction uh, of democracy uh, that we can count day by day. Something new happens. And, and I've been focusing uh, especially on the, on the uh, freedom of speech.
0: Okay. So the freedom of speech in Venezuela has been severely curtailed by all the reports that we've heard. Absolutely, what's going on in Washington? Because I know that there's a lot of discussion right
1: now. Well, look, this is uh, this is a government that uh, the U.S. Uh, has been, in essence, trying to um, um, disrupt the U.S. for a long time. They 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 sponsor a lot of the enemies of this country. They they give embassies to to countries that have no embassies anywhere else uh, in the hemisphere, with the exception of Cuba. Uh, and and this is a guy, uh, Chavez, and now Maduro who took the single uh, richest country in the region, right, per capita. This is a country who had almost no taxes because the Perevesa Perevesa was the national That's oil the national oil company. oil company, yes. But they was run like a private business. Perevesa was the sixth largest corporation on earth. And the revenues from Perevesa paid for most of the social programs. They've bankrupted Perevesa. They've gone from a production, a crude production of almost seven, I think it was seven million seven barrels- million. A day, they are now down to somewhere about two
2: point, uh, almost two point one. And now like they're in
1: this in uh, in a huge, uh, huge crisis because they've lost uh, the the value. You know, the 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 price of oil is dropping. Uh, right. So uh, so their budget that was bad already is, is now even, going way south. Of yeah. course. And and by the way, all this is happening while well, Venezuela has power outages now, in Cuba which has always had power. there are no power outages because Venezuela (laughs) is giving so much oil to Cuba that in Cuba there are no power outages. A country has no oil of its own gets Venezuelan oil uh, for free. Well,
0: 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I remember the outcry that my Venezuelan friends had when the bridge, they call it Route 1, it's the bridge that connects Caracas to the airport. It collapsed. Collapsed. But maybe a month or two earlier, uh, Hugo Chavez had announced that he was giving $300 million to Bolivia to build a bridge,
1: yeah, no, no, it's it's that kind of absurd. And look, and I want to say something because we we sometimes don't realize this. I mean, uh, there's probably been no immigration that a city has ever gotten as good as the Venezuelan immigration, right? You you got
0: especially the restaurants. I can attest to that. <laughs> okay.
1: You got you got doctors, what? lawyers, you got businessmen. Engineers. You know, engineers. Scientists. By the way, you, you, go to Houston, you, you go to Houston right now, it's a huge Venezuelan population because there are oil experts that have moved there in this community. It's... What other what other immigration shows up with several misuniverses uh, in tow? It's it's an amazing thing. They if you looked at our economy when our real estate market was completely collapsing, in Doral and Weston prices <laughs> were still going up because Venezuelans <laughs> were moving there. But the reality is, we need Venezuela back as a democratic country. We need we need to give the Venezuelans yeah. help. By the way, and we need to give them help here also. You know, I filed a bill, uh, the v- Venezuelan Liberty Act, to try to give the Venezuelans legal status here I've sent a letter to the president to ask that when he moves on TPS that he do it for Venezuelans also because of course they're part of our community and you you know you talked about the people who are on tourist visas a lot of Venezuelans the head of household will be on tourist visas while the rest of the family is sort of just living here and they're undocumented but sure. it's the only way that he can keep the family together uh, listen we a- and, need and to then be-
0: there's the, the problems when you have people that are here legally but their family is Correct. stuck there and they'd like to bring them here. Correct. But there's an enormous process. There's enormous bureaucracy to it. Yeah. It's not just red tape. It's it's a belt, well, a steel belt that, made out of, of red tape. One we, of the things
1: that we've gotten the administration to do and, and we're, we're happy that the administration has done is that they've deferred action on those Venezuelans that didn't uh, uh, um, uh, get asylum. And so they are, they, they give them status for a while and that's important too because I think it's a realization of what's going on in Venezuela. This is, I got to tell you, I, I don't know if you ever traveled to Venezuela. I did a lot. Venezuela was a was a was such a rich, diverse. You talk about good restaurants here. That Caracas had some of the best restaurants in the world. This was a place where you know just the richness, the 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 opportunity of Italian, German uh, um, uh, immigrants from Great Britain, immigrants from all over the world were were welcome there. This was a rich country. Cubans that were running. From persecution in Cuba, went there. The Venezuelans gave them uh, refuge, and to watch this great country be be humbled this way by these crazy people is just a disaster for the region. It's a disaster for Latin America. This is a country that had a tradition of democracy. Yeah, it had been a very long tradition. A actually. very long yeah. tradition.
0: That's yeah, exactly. And, right. and a constitutional democracy at that. Fernando, do you have any questions for for Congressman Garcia? Because I know he's going to have to take off in a minute or two here.
2: Well, I wanted to know. Um, you know that there were some initiatives. Uh, I think you were one of the uh, the champions of those um, uh, to to try to impose some sanctions on on some um, of the uh, the functionaries at uh, the uh, the regime. Uh, but I think they they have been stalled some way. They've been
1: stalled in in the Senate. In that, first off, it was stalled by the uh, uh, Senator Coker from. Uh, I think it's Kentucky. Uh, and then it was stalled by Senator Landrieu. Uh, uh, but as you know, uh, the president has been taking steps. We saw the first of a series of indictments. Uh, we saw yes. the first of a series of cancellations. And I, I want to say this because a lot of Venezuelans, uh, like most of us from uh, that have a history of Latin America, we like to see bold um, <laughs> A public stance. Right. And, and I think what the administration has done is very calibrated, very calculated for every guy they arrest. There are there are dozens more being interviewed, you know, because the, the fascinating thing, we're not only uh, Venezuelans like you are here but there are people from Venezuela who are participating in, in the Chavez or the Bolivarian Revolution. Yeah. There's a guy... Uh, and some in, of them are buying these condos downtown, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Down yeah. That's where they're that's where they're a guy that's the money. There's a guy who never had a penny when, when in Venezuela until Chavez came to power, owns a huge horse farm in Wellington and has put on horse shows. There are yeah. Venezuelans uh, living amongst us who are part of the Bolivarian Revolution, which, uh, of course, is unacceptable. And the, the reality is... I, I've spoken to the administration about this. We've given them names. There are books about this. Uh, and we, we hope that the U.S. government does take action against these folks. But, I, again, I want to avoid, though, and I say this with, with caution, because the, you know, if there's a bad example of, of success in foreign policy, uh, it's Cuban-Americans, right? Same. I don't want Venezuelans to imitate us because we failed, right? Uh, I don't think we need an embargo on Venezuela. We need very tight sanctions— to limit their ability to do things. But I do think that Venezuelans traveling back and forth have a huge impact. They're part of what's keeping civil society alive there. People are fighting for their space, and that's very important.
0: Well, we're going to take a really short break, and we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.